Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. I hope you guys are all doing well today. I'm excited to talk to a friend that I've known for, I guess, a couple years now. And he's doing a lot of cool things, does a lot of work. He's a pastor. He's got several different side gigs that he's got going on that have been helpful for he, he and his family and just a, a cool brother. Been really blessed to get to know him and his family. I'm talking to Brandon Lansdowne. Brandon, how's it going, man? It's going really well, Jared. Glad to be here. Yeah. Well, let's pray. We got a lot of good stuff to talk about and uh, got a lot of questions for you. So we'll get after it here in a minute. Let's pray. Father, right. we just thank you for this time. Ask for blessing upon this conversation. I thank you for, for my friend and all that you're doing in and through him and his life. And I uh, thank you for his family. And uh, God, I just pray for this conversation that would honor you and it'd be helpful to people that are listening in. And we trust that you're going to do that for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, brother. Many of the people that listen to the show know you already, but why don't you go ahead and give us an update. Tell us a little bit about yourself and just who you are, your family, what, what it is you got going on. Yeah, well, like you said, my name's Brandon Lansdowne and live in Southwest Missouri uh, and have been in ministry, various ministry roles for going on 20 years now. Uh, we planted a church 10 months ago uh, here in Springfield, uh, Reformed Baptist Church, and that's something that I love to do and it's going really great and it's exciting work been married for 23 years to my high school sweetheart. We've got two, uh, you know, nearly grown kids. Uh, one's 18 and the other is 20. <clears throat> and uh, in addition to pastoring a church, I have a side business that I'm trying to turn into something more than a side business, which is Reformation Coffee, uh, Roasting Coffee. been doing that for about 15 years now, but the business has really only been going strong for the last year. Uh, also been really fun and exciting work that keeps me very, very busy. And then um, I also do some general contracting work as well, just to, to fill up, you know, the, the spare time that I have. And so that's what I spend the majority of my time doing, you know, family and pastoring and coffee and remodeling houses. Okay. Well, there's a few more things that I know about you. Uh, first is the Absolute Unit podcast that you do with Joshua Jenkins. Yeah. And yep. that's a really good show. Why don't you go ahead and give a plug for that and what you guys got going on with that? Yeah, so Josh was a good friend, fellow uh, local pastor, uh, partner in ministry. Uh, our churches are very closely aligned and uh, have a lot of overlap, do some similar things together, conferences and psalm sings and things like that. And so I uh, love that brother, love his church. And he and I, I don't know how long ago it's been. It's not quite been... Uh, it's probably been six, eight months. We've been recording the Absolute Unit podcast, which is hosted on uh, the Majesty's Men. And we talk about uh, really what is it to be an absolute unit? And, and we define that in the, the, the sphere of, of, of Christian masculinity and, and what it is to be a strong man. And that means certainly physical strength. Uh, as well as, um, you know, mental, emotional, and spiritual strength as well. So everything gets tied back to our Christian faith and uh, really just how, how does a man, a Christian man, uh, exemplify 
uh, Christian strength and masculinity in his life in all areas of his life. And so that podcast has been going for a while and it's a lot of fun. Uh, we've had some good guests on you being one of them that we've really just enjoyed talking to Matt Reynolds from Barbell Logic and uh, yeah, looking forward to where it's going. Uh, but you know, uh, yeah. he and I, he and I need to be a, a probably a little bit more uh, disciplined in, in working out a, a schedule where, you know, we're, we're kind of just winging it sometimes, but in the, in um, the mode of record when you can podcast when you <laughs> yeah. can kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Cause he's a busy guy too. And so um, it's, it's good that, you know, I'll say that we, we kind of double dip in that time um, as, as uh, you know, local fellow pastors and friends, you know, we record and then we spend, um, you know, another probably hour and a half, two hours, just talking about life and ministry and things that are going on in our world. Yeah, it's good stuff, man. It's one of my favorite shows. I think I've listened to every episode at this point, and you guys are doing a really good job with that. Now, one of the things I learned from your show is somewhere in the recesses of the internet, there is Brandon Lansdowne, the spokesperson for the spokesman for uh, some sort of calisthenics or something like that. So sometimes you were <laughs> traveling to Canada or all over the world as a calisthenics spokesperson. Is that is that what I heard? Uh, something like that. Uh, yeah, that's deep in the recesses of the internet. I, I don't, I, I don't bring that out very often. Um, but, but, but as it, as it, uh, you know, as it pertained to the conversation that we were having in regards to my fitness journey and calisthenics as well. Um, yeah, I, I was really heavily into to calisthenics for a number of years or, or body weight exercise. And it was, you know, it was, um, not to, to toot my own horn, but it was, you know, more advanced, uh, types of calisthenics or body weight workouts, um, you know, with, with planches and planks and human flags and things like that, instead of just, you know, um, air squats or something like, you know, um, you know, body squats or, uh, so yeah, I did that for a few years and it caught the attention of, uh, the owner of, a a fitness, uh, equipment company, um, in Toronto. And so they, uh, they reached out to me and had me come up and, and, and we did some, some work together. I'll just put it that way. Nice. Very cool. Okay. One more thing, a preliminary thing we got to get out of the way before we get into our content. You're wearing the 2022 Shepherd's Crook intensive hat and you're coming back this year. You're going to be doing a little bit of talking there. You're going to have a session that you're going to teach. But one of the things we discovered last year is you also have in your history, a, uh, this, uh, these, these skills of being a lifeguard, you actually <laughs> saved Douglas's life. And if we had like a slow-mo video of that or something, we could have made that an incredible Instagram reel because you dove in perfectly, saved Douglas and brought him to shore. So uh, at some point or another, it was just, just clear and obvious that you had this history of being a lifeguard. So I, I don't know if you want to say anything about that, but I know that's one of your shining moments in your past as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know, I've got some people to thank for that. Uh, Scott Tengay being one of them, but uh, <laughs> uh but yeah, I was a lifeguard for a number of years uh, in my, in, you know, when I was younger, and so yeah, it was a, uh, it was a, a crazy moment that I, you know, I was glad that I was I was able to to react and and be able to to act in that way, and so um, yeah, maybe just the 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 lifeguard training from years ago just kicked in, and I didn't think about it, and just awesome just did it. Heck yeah, man! Get skills, and you can keep skills, so that's a good thing. Really good thing. Okay, yeah. so let's let's talk uh, ministry for a little bit. So, why don't you bring us up to speak? Because I know you've been in ministry in different different wore different hats over the years and served in different capacities. And now you're planting as a pastor of the church, one of the pastors. I know you're tra training up other elders. And I saw mm -hmm. behind you is biblical eldership. So I'm I'm assuming you're using that for some sort of training as well. And we that's what we give to all of our elders in training is is that book is where we start. 
but how did you become a pastor? How did you get into ministry? Why don't we just start there? Yeah, well, uh, not to go back too far and make the story too long, but I, I grew up in, in a pretty nominally Christian home. Um, my, my parents were divorced when I was young, and so I was raised by my mom. And uh, there, there wasn't a lot of um, strong Christian male influence in my life. And so um, had a pastor that, that came to serve at the church that I was growing up in in my high school years. And he was, um, he was very helpful and formative in that and discipling me and teaching me, um, uh, a great deal that, that I wasn't getting anywhere else. And so, uh, along that journey, um, began to, you know, whatever kind of verbiage you want to use on it, sense a call or just feel a, a pull towards, uh, towards, uh, preaching, pastoring, vocational ministry. And so, uh, yeah, to keep it brief, then went to, when I graduated high school, went to, uh, Southwest Baptist University in Bolivar, uh, which is just north of me now, and uh, got the degree in Christian ministry and biblical studies, and just began serving in various ministry roles, um, you know, parachurch and, and youth ministry associate pastor. And, it, you know, it was never an intentional thought of just like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm climbing the ranks or I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, right. I'm, I'm you know, I'm <clears throat> certainly I was learning and growing in that, but it was never just like, this is an intentional path that I'm taking. And so yeah, I got to the place then where, um, uh, more recently served as a, an elder at a Southern Baptist church here in Springfield and, um, really did, uh, um, as a good church and, and loved serving there. And, uh, um, but we just, you know, we, we were, we were coming to a place where we were having some, some pretty significant theological differences that, that we couldn't gotcha. align. And so it, it wasn't leaving out of, um, you know, any kind of, of disdain or animosity or anything like that, or even, uh, you know, uh, I tell people a lot that, you know, cause I'm, I'm 42. And so at, if, if people knew me at 30, um, you know, if I ran into 30 year old me, you know, I, I, I wouldn't like that guy. Uh, so, you know, I was just, I was just arrogant and, and, um, just, um, and prideful. And so certainly in the past, you know, there's been temptations to, to think like, oh, well, we're just going to go do it better. And so we're just going to leave right. and we're going to, we're going to go do church the right way. And so this certainly wasn't that kind of a scenario. It was, uh, one where I, I fought pretty painstakingly to, to try to, uh, to leave, um, as, as best as we could, where we could mm -hmm. bless the church that we were leaving and hopefully, uh, they would reciprocate and bless us. And, and they did in many ways. And so yeah. I'm thankful for that. And so then that led us into just as, as, as I have in, in my faith journey, just been reforming more and more, you know, of course it started years and years ago, but just, uh, being appalled by the doctrines of grace and then coming, you know, in, in, in an attempt to try to disprove all of those things, you know, yeah. come out on the, on the tail end of that as a Calvinist. And then just from there on, it's just been growing yeah. and, uh, been reforming. And so, yeah, we, we are a, a thoroughly reformed Baptist church, confessional and, uh, patriarchal and, and, you know, all, all of those good things, depending on who you ask, but we think mm -hmm. we're good. And so, um, yeah. And so, you know, much like you and your church, you know, we, we've got, uh, young families who want to, um, have really solid, biblically faithful marriages and have a bunch of kids and, yeah. and homeschool, homeschool their kids. And so, yeah, lots of good stuff. Okay. So now you're pastoring this church and I know you're also raising up an elder 
within the church right now. So I'm curious as somebody who's doing that as well, we are just welcoming in, we'll be welcoming in soon our newest candidate for being an elder at our church. And there's a two year process. I'm always curious about what people's process, you know, what their process is as they're raising up other elders. So what are you guys going to do and how long is this process of training going to be or, or of uh, testing going to be? And what, what are the things that are included in that process? Yeah, well, certainly we are still kind of in a building phase of that as just being a 10 month old church. I haven't had, you know, with all of the other things that I do, I haven't really been able to, to build a, um, a, a, super structured um, system, if you will, for the eldership process. I've been a part of those in the past, and that's something that's that's on my list to do. And so uh, it's a little bit more uh, organic right now in the sense of, I mean, it's it's being done with intentionality, but um, the, the, the guy that I'm walking through this with, um, you know, we, we are um, right now spending time just developing uh, a really clear uh, um, ecclesiology, just understanding what the church is and how, should, how it should exist. And so uh, we went through the uh, the Glorious Body of Christ by R.B. Kuyper, which is an excellent book. Mm-hmm. I can't recommend it enough. And uh, I think uh, I think uh, Banner of Truth puts that out. Um, then, of course, we're going through Strouch's uh, Biblical Eldership book. And so um, understanding the, the, the roles uh, of an elder and the responsibilities that come with that and just the weight that uh, is present in all of that. But then also certainly uh, going to, you know, biblical qualifications of what it means to be an elder and then and then um, uh, examining that man's life to, to ensure that it measures up. Mm-hmm. And, and then just giving, then, then starting to give opportunities to um, in, in small measures to, to start to lead and to start to, to speak and, and, and teach Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, certainly be involved in discipleship relationships as well. So take some other younger men in the church and just begin to, uh, to disciple them and walk through things with them. Mm-hmm. And, and really just in terms of trying to, de- to develop, um, a, a good understanding and, and practice of, um, what, what ministry, what shepherding really looks like. Yeah, uh, and so uh, it's going really well at this point. Uh, again, we're 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 taking it slow, uh, but uh, I'm excited to, to see cool. where it goes. And then and then hopefully, you know, I'll, I'll I'll have some time soon to to actually get the work done to 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 build, you know, for lack of a better word, an official system of right. how we're going to exactly. approach it. I think ours are kind of modified each time we do the process. We've got a solid four books that guys go through, and then they sit in at the elder meetings with us and it kind of, it's, it's pretty malleable. I mean, it can, it can be changed and, and that sort of thing, but I'm going to actually be talking to your elder candidate. I just was messaging him this morning about hearing the other side of this. So I'll be asking him, you know, what's it like for you going through this process after, you know, he grew up in a, in a pastor's home. And so that's going to be interesting to see that as well, but man, I'm excited for you guys. It seems like there's a lot of, you know, great things going on. Springfield's cool. The world's biggest bass pro shop is there. So you have that going for you. And, yeah. uh, yeah, lot, lots that's of it's where, where it started. Yeah, man, that's right. We were there for the conference last year and we were leaving and, and we had no idea, but it was the 50th anniversary celebration, the world fishing something. And Jordan and I went, we, the timing worked out perfect. We had breakfast with you guys and then went to go home and pass the Bass Pro Shop. And we were kind of laughing. It seems like everywhere you go in Springfield, you end up passing that Bass Pro Shop somehow. It's like all roads lead there. And I feel like I'm going in the opposite direction and somehow I end up driving by it again, but we went and it was, it was, you know, it was really cool. It was a lot of fun, but Springfield's great. We love it there and going to be, 
uh, actually, I, I thought uh, my mom was going to take us there this year. We're going to Gatlinburg. So it's like the, the Branson out east. But yep. um, but anyways, there's a lot of, lot of cool things going on. OK, so let's talk. Um, I want to talk. The other things you have going on are flipping houses and just the, the general contracting work. And I know you've done that for several years now and with the coffee as well. And so I want to ask some questions about that, because, I mean, so many guys like us and my listeners have heard me talk about this over and over again, but it's really want to light some fires in some of you guys that are listening and trying to figure out what to do, especially if you're early on in ministry or if you're later on in ministry, say you're in your 50s, 60s and you're running the numbers and thinking, man, how am I going to actually retire? How am I going to live life after I'm 65 years old or am I going to have to pastor until I'm 85 years old to live and exist and, and that sort of thing? So maybe this is a way for guys to get in and, and, you know, explore options to make some money and, and have this, this other work. So how in the world? So, I mean, did you just have the skill of building? Was that what you grew up with? How did you get into flipping houses and all that, all that work? I grew up just doing that kind of work with my dad, uh, anytime that, uh, you know, if he would do an addition to a house or a bathroom remodel or something like that, uh, then, you know, he, he would include me in on that and, and take the time to, to teach me and explain uh, the process. And so um, when I came into it by trade a few years ago, I mean, and then just, yeah, just kind of naturally just continue to do those things as I grew okay. up. Um, and then when I entered it by trade a few years ago, I, I had a lot of those tools at my uh, knowledge at my disposal. And, and then really it was just, it was learning a lot more. I'm learning, um, you know, much more, uh, you know, demanding uh, work. And so, uh, I, you know, I, I think I came with some tools in, in, in my tool belt, but uh, certainly learned a lot more. Mm -hmm. So I've just always been someone who, who uh, you know, wants to be a student, wants to learn. Um, really just, it, it doesn't matter in what, you know, whether it's um, certainly in, in uh, you know, theology and ministry and things of that nature, um, but, but history and, and, you know, just sociology and mm -hmm. so, yeah, I just always wanted to learn, <clears throat> um, which, you know, nobody would have known it when I was in high school cause I was a terrible student. So all that came <laughs> later. Um, but yeah, just, just, um, you know, um, having that base, that foundation that was already laid and then just building upon it and, mm -hmm. and yeah, not, not being afraid to make mistakes and just learn, um, how to do things really well, do do them efficiently and, and clean and, uh, so yeah, uh, I say that's how it came about, and then yeah, just just kept going, and you know, got connected with with good guys who knew more than right. me that I can learn from, and we work well together, and you know, right? Well, one of I those mean, guys. right. And then the thing about that is that if you do do it the right way, I mean, certainly there's risk involved, but I mean, it's good money, right? I mean, without throwing yeah. numbers around, I mean, it's just good money. Yeah, buying yeah. a house, low, putting some work into it, get some sweat equity, maybe even on the weekends or something like that, and I mean, you can make big money. Do that you know, a few times or, you know, once a year, something like that. I don't know how many times have you, you've done that, but there's guys, Nate Sparing has done that as well and made bukus of money, it seems, yeah. by just buying and flipping houses. And uh, I guess if you don't have any of those skills, it'd probably be wise to maybe not, you know, start big and get a house that's falling in and imploding in or something like that. But there are possibilities there with uh, with that where you can make some good money. And uh, yeah. so, I mean, is, are, is, it, uh, is there an end inside or are you going to just keep doing that? Uh, I think there's an end in sight. I don't know when it is, but uh, you know, my my biggest desire is just to to pastor a church and to roast coffee. 
uh, continue to build up the, the the coffee business. And so I'm, I'm happy to, and, and, and grateful that, that I can do this other work mm-hmm. uh, that, that helps, you know, um, offset some of that and, and provide for my family and um, who have been, you know, really great and understanding and, and just the, the demands on my time. And so, but yeah, I, you know, as, as much as I do enjoy it, I will say that, you know, it's, it's not a, a passion of mine. It's something that I want to continue to do, mm-hmm. you know, when and where I can, you know, if it's, right. if, it, if it's my own house or if it's another church member's house or, you know, so if we can serve somebody in some way by, by, you know, remodeling or, or building a house, then, you know, I'd, I'd love to do that. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't have a real strong desire to, to continue it by trade for the rest of yeah. my life. For most of my time in ministry, basically the last 15, however many years, I've done anything and everything I can to provide for my family. And so that's looked like bivocational, tri-vocational work, just whatever it takes. And sometimes with those hats, even if things are going really well, it's really nice to just take them off. And if you can, the older you get, have one, maybe two gigs rather than three or four, it makes it a whole lot easier to give the best of yourself to whatever you, whatever it is that you're doing. And in ministry, you know, I'm pretty much full time with our church and it's really nice. It's real. I mean, it's just really great. I do the side gig with uh, about six to eight months of the year with renting out campers, but it doesn't take a ton of time and it's just still getting off the ground a little bit. But, uh, but man, it is nice to kind of offload some of that stuff and to be able to focus in on the things that you are most gifted at and the things that you are called to. And uh, I think most guys in ministry are just are willing to do whatever it takes to do the work of ministry. And so that means, you know, okay, if I got to flip some houses, I'll flip some houses, but I want to take care of people. I want to take care of God's church and, and preach the word, that sort of thing. And so I think a lot of guys are in our boat now. Okay. We're about the same age. So what did you do if you just started flipping houses? what did you do, you know, from the time you were 20 up to when you were like 38? I mean, were you full-time at churches before, or did you do just whatever, whatever you could? Uh, yeah. I mean, early, early on in ministry, when I was, uh, when I was a lot younger, <clears throat> then I just really kind of, in, in addition to the, you know, the part-time ministry gigs that I had, I would just really do whatever I could. And so, um, yeah, it, that's, that's been from, you know, um, working in photo labs, being a photo technician back when that existed, it's really kind of a thing <laughs> in the past now, but yeah, right. I, I did all the, all the color and, and light adjustments on photos. And so I did that for a number of years. Um, uh, you know, worked as a, worked as a, as an armed courier for, uh, for, uh, uh, an armored trucking company for a year did that. Mm-hmm. That was wild. That was wild. Um, so yeah, I've just kind of early on, just, just did whatever I had to do. Right. And, and then, you know, thankfully for the last, uh, last decade, I haven't really had to do that much. I, I did work for a faith-based nonprofit organization for a, for, you know, I don't know, six years. Okay. And so, um, uh, you know, the, the last eldership that I had at the, the previous church, I was still working for that organization. Okay. It was that organization that I left to then get into general contracting. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So switch gears again, let's talk coffee roasting. I subscribe to Reformation Coffee Company, and I think you got a really great plan idea for what you've been doing for years that you really just formalized. And uh, not just formalized, but I mean, really ramping it up. But it seemed like you had been roasting coffee for years and then just thought, you know, I'm going to sell this. Uh, How's it going? And where can people go, you know, go to subscribe and find out more about what you're doing there? Yeah, it's going great. Uh, Really, really great. 
we're, we're super excited uh, with where things are right now and where we think they're going. Uh, for, for me, like you said, I've been roasting for, for at least 15 years now. And that was really just kind of birthed out of a desire for, cause of, you know, I grew up drinking coffee with my grandmother and my mom and, and just uh, developed um, a love and appreciation for it. And, uh, you know, some people would say sometimes an unhealthy appreciation for it, or, you know, I've, I've embraced the, the, the monikers of, of coffee snob and coffee nerd and things like that. Mm-hmm. It's fine. But yeah, about 15 years ago, uh, you know, the, the specialty coffee industry that we had today didn't really exist. And so really all, all that there was was Starbucks. And I knew even back then that it wasn't good and I didn't want it. And so I'm just like, I'm just going to learn how to do this myself. And so, um, yeah, I guess, again, just kind of being the student, I just wanted to learn and, you know, a lot of mistakes along the way and developed a, a good craft at it, got, you know, learned and got better and better and uh, kind of existed as as a hobby and a, and a way to have good coffee at home. And then it kind of branched out into family and friends. And then it branched out further into our church and our um, and and coworkers. And so, uh we yeah we decided to 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 go a bit more public with it or i guess a lot more public with it and and start uh start a company and uh and it's been going really really well uh, especially as of late when and we've decided that uh we're we're going to swing for the fences and we're going to go big or go home and so mm-hmm. you know and saying you know saying really wild things like we want to be uh, the coffee company of fill in the blank, whether it's the reformed community or the church or Christendom. Um, we, we want to be uh, the first company that people think of um, as we very intentionally try to um, take Christian Christians business away from uh, all of the other, um, you know, I'll just say it, you know, all the, all the, the, the woke and, and um, compromised um, yeah. pagan coffee companies out there. And so, so that's our intent. Uh, and yeah, reformationcoffee.com is our website. And, you know, you, uh, you subscribe from us and uh, to us and, and we're grateful for that. We have a lot of people, um, man, we've built a lot of our, <clears throat> excuse me, we've built a lot of our awareness through, through Twitter, which is mm-hmm. just wild. Um, and uh, the, the support that we, we've garnered through that uh, has been great. Uh, you know, people are just primed and ready to, to uh to uh you know contribute and and you know switch brands or loyalties and you know mm-hmm. uh, and so um yeah awesome. just support supporting christian companies and um yeah we've been extremely blessed by by many many people that that we are uh super grateful for you know there's many people right now brandon that are saying that it is unbiblical to say you have a christian company can you just please give a quick defense about having a Christian company and how that's not Presbyterian or, you know, something that's wildly <clears throat> dangerous. <laughs> and I'll explain yeah, well, here in a minute. So it's not t- so timestamp that people, will, you know, listening in a year from now will not have a clue what we're talking sure, about, but go ahead and just sure. make your defense and then we'll go there. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we are, we are Christians first in all things. Um, uh, you know, I mean, it's, a, it's a family run business. And so, so myself, my wife and my kids um, who are all currently contributing to the work of Reformation Coffee um, hopefully, Lord willing, one day um, we will add more people to that. <clears throat> but uh, but yeah, we we are Christians first and foremost in all that we do, and uh, that certainly applies to the way that uh, that we seek to do business and interact with people. 
um, we think very much less of uh, our the, the people who buy from us as being customers and, and more as people who are supporting mm-hmm. uh, the, the larger vision and mission behind what we want to do. I, I want to uh, I, w- I want to steal the business uh, of, of Christian coffee consumers away from Black Rifle and Starbucks and mm-hmm. all of the others, uh, you know, and, and, and the reason for that is because um, I, I believe in building into Christendom. And I think one way of doing that is, is building, you know, um, Christian establishments or, or institutions. Uh, and that can be in the form of business as well as the home and the church and, and, and countless other um, uh, means of, of, of creating um, business out in the world. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it, you know, Reformation Coffee Company in and of itself, of course, is not a, um, a, a Christian company in the, the same sense that I'm a Christian, but um, it, it, it operates with, uh, within a Christian worldview, within a biblical yeah. worldview. And so that, that affects the way that we do everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's, it, it, uh, it affects the, the level of integrity that goes into the work that I do and, and, and the way that I interact with um, people who support us and you know, customer service and all of those things, um, while I'm trying to detract from, um, you know, all all of the other um, uh, terrible uh, alternatives out there, and, mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean, it also we it 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 causes me to uh, something I've been thinking about a lot lately is just like I I, I want to put excellence into to what I do. I want to show people that. Uh, I, I very unabashedly say that I know that our coffee is better than Starbucks. Mm-hmm. I know that our coffee is better than Black Rifle because we're not doing it on a mass production level weeks mm-hmm. out. You know, we're doing it two days after you ordered it and, you know, it's small batch and I'm watching over it. So, yeah, anyways, um, our intent is to, to, to build into um, a, a greater Christian community in, mm-hmm. in certainly in, in our local community, in our state, uh, but but beyond, I mean, we, we have people all over the U.S. I have, you know, um, people from Africa hitting me up all the time for coffee and, and awesome. we're, you know, we're not there yet. We can't, we can't ship internationally because it's just, um, it's not really something that's viable for us right now. But, but yeah, you know, we, we are Christians first and foremost in all that we do. And uh, we, we believe that um, every square inch of, of this world belongs to Christ. And so mm-hmm. we want to operate as though we truly believe that and want it to, um, you know, uh, be, become a very, um, very present reality. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's good. Well, I blame you almost entirely and Riley and a few others for, for me being back on Twitter and good. I haven't been on uh, for I... years. <laughs> and so I dove right back in and apparently it was at the maybe right or totally wrong time. <sighs> to witness some crazy things that have been happening. And if you are listening to this a year from now, then this is, you may remember right in the middle of uh, just Twitter controversy about Christian nationalism and some things between Stephen Wolf and then the G3 guys that had got, got on the internet and made, made some comments. And it's just really, it's been frustrating to see, honestly. And within G3, our church has given money to G3. We've been in that network. And I, uh, so all this to say, I'm, would like to hear your thoughts because right now what seems like happening is ridiculous sort of infighting and uh, complete confusion about what others believe that are brothers in arms that we, we should be fighting in the same direction going towards the same um you know going towards the same things and not being opposed to one another and what 
it seems to be happening is even within within the G3 with guys like myself when I feel like I'm completely being misrepresented and then not listened to or you know the people that are like me who have a bigger following or something like that are being ignored or not listened to one of the things that's really frustrating is like man what are you trying to do you're trying to divide G3 because if you go down this this route with a, a really bad or underdeveloped political theory and mocking others who have really dove into political theory and theology over the last few years because they've had to I mean we've been forced to then it seems what you're going to do even among the Baptist world. And, and sorry, I've got a, a kid's bandaid on right here because I sliced <laughs> myself with a razor this morning. Um, it seems like what, what's going to end up happening is these, these new divisions that begin to happen when we all sh really need to be at this critical time fighting together. We're fighting against each other over ridiculous things is what it seems like. I mean, is that your assessment as well? Cause honestly, like I'm, I'm, I'm looking at G3 and thinking, my goodness, guys, you're making yourself look stupid. And there's no point in this and in, in your own net network you're trying to build, you're dividing it. So I, I don't yeah. know. What's your, what's your thoughts? No, I think that's spot on. I mean, our church is a part of the, the G3 church network. And so we've given them money as well. And I have immense amount of respect for those guys. Um, you know, I, I've, I've, uh, I've benefited greatly from a lot of the stuff that they put out, but yeah, I think that, that this one is, is missing the mark a little bit. I think that, you know, it, it is, um, pretty indicative of the, uh, the 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 tendency to to uh, react instead of act, and 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 th that is uh, accompanied by just um, um, emotional responses and and just kind of a you know, a sense of outrage that I think is exaggerated that doesn't need to be there. I think that we can have charitable discussions rather than just making assumptions uh, um, about what people mean when they say certain things and so you know do i think that that the, the tweet from stephen wolf was um you know could it have been done better yeah sh sure but um you know i i also don't want to i don't want to assume what he means which i is i see a whole lot of that going on mm -hmm. um and then not only that i think the you know this just the outrage um <clears throat> i even said this on twitter yesterday as you know the, the the outrage just comes across as as terribly, terribly fragile to me that, that, um, you know, that, that isn't, that, that isn't being, uh, a strong Christian man to just to, to immediately in a knee jerk reaction to say that, that, that Stephen is, is vile and, and he's evil and wicked and that he should be avoided at all costs. I'm like, really? Like a, mm -hmm. a fellow Christian, a fellow Christian brother that you disagree with says one thing that, you know, maybe could have been said better. And maybe he said it exactly how he meant it. I don't know his motives, but, you know, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, and, and to be fair in applying that rule to me, I want to give the, that, that, same, um, that same benefit to the guys who just seem to be losing their minds right now. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's difficult to navigate right now. I mean, we're still early on into it, but it's, it's difficult to navigate because you've got guys who, I feel like should know better saying things that, you know, that don't need to be said, or if they, if they are going to be said, at least don't make the same mistake that you're accusing Steven of making and not mm -hmm. giving, uh, not, not saying more than in, in, instead of saying less, you know, to say that, that Christian nationalism is the new young restless and reformed. And then that's it. That's all you say. <laughs> no, I know. I was like, unfollow, <laughs> man, that's so silly.
but it is so there is this i've been thinking about this recently I actually mentioned it at the hope baptist conference and uh, recently on another show that i was on where where you, you can get to this mode of we're going to rally around Jesus and there ends up being anybody and everybody who says the name Jesus in the same room together where doctrine is minimized and it doesn't matter. And so the truth is sacrificed for the false unity. You know, Derek Webb years ago sang, sang about that and forget the song. I repent, I think for sacrificing truth for false unity, you know, and Derek Webb was throwing out some truth and that, that happens so often because there is this, uh, you know, weird desire for unity at all costs. And it's not real unity. It's just, uh, we're just a bunch of liars in a room together kind of thing. But then yeah. on the other side of that, there is the, um, there is the, uh, the error of saying, if we're not unified on eschatology, you become so sectarian where you stiff arm people that are good men. And that happens across the aisle in so many different ways. And right now in this state of our history and in this, this particular moment of our history and our, our nation, and even as a church, it seems like, more than ever, we've got to recognize who's in the trenches together. And we have shared, uh, you know, core convictions about what the gospel of Jesus is. And not only that, what the scriptures are as our authority. And there, there's pretty broad unity on, on certain things. We, we really, it seems seems to me, it's important for us to know where those lines of division need to be. And uh, we're doing a really poor job. When I say we, I'm talking about reformed evangelicalism and confessional, yeah. confessional Baptist <clears throat> and Presbyterians seem to not know what those lines are and want to fight over some things that, that shouldn't be fought over. And I think it's critical for us to, to be able to do better than that. Really do. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. So uh, one of the examples of, of being able to do that, I think is in this uh, event that we have going up, we've got the shepherd's Grove. I'm going to plug that before we finish here, guys, uh, you guys have been hearing hear me talk about it. We've got dudes from different backgrounds, and we have guys that are even a part of the Christian church was a restorationist movement. And my buddy, Joy Hawkins is a pastor there and guys that are denominationally a bit different. But one of the things I've noticed in the last few years is that you'll find really strong pastors in denominations that you may not think you're going to find strong pastors in and pastors that lean into the scriptures and say, thus saith the Lord without apology. And one of the things I absolutely love about this event and you guys came, we're, we're similar, but there's guys that are, that are just different. We've got Presbyterians, we've got Christian church guys, we've got charismatic guys, and we got guys that are just, you know, the run of the mill, non-denominational guys, and they're all together on this trip. And what you find out about these dudes is that these, these guys are top notch. I mean, last year, the, the beginning of the intensive, we had these two guys talking about, you know, self-defense and they, we were all kind of like deer in the headlights here talking about, you know, we've got to be willing to take people out kind of thing, kind of thing if it's required yeah. to defend those that we love and the church, churches that we love. We're going to start that way again this year with those same guys with John and Justin, but what was your experience coming last year? And I'm just going to ask you to, to plug it as well, if you see it as a valuable, uh, valuable thing. But what was your experience last year at this first event that you came to? And what are you hopeful for this year as you're now one of the speakers? Yeah, I, I didn't really know. I didn't know what to expect. Um, you know, I think that when I arrived, because I, I didn't really, um, you know, I didn't know a lot of you guys super well. I mean, we had some some connections uh, through, um, you know, just through Twitter and, and, and some past events in person. And so, but there was only a small pocket of guys that, that I knew. And so didn't really know what to expect. And so then, then when I showed up and, and guys started kind of, uh, you know, congregating, <clears throat> uh, I noticed a lot of the things that you just touched on Like there was, there was a good variety of, of, of men, I, I think, you know, uh, theologically as, as well as just physically and, um, you know, their ability to, 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 to 
to do or not do certain things. And so um, I think that that was, that was good for me to see that because uh, you know, it was encouraging that the men wanted to, you know, I think that, 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 that certainly implied to me that there was, there was a hunger for, uh, for, for something more for, for brotherhood and for, um, you know, for, for doing hard things and for exerting strength and, and for you know, camaraderie. And um, that was really one of the, the, the most enjoyable and encouraging parts for me. The, I mean, the talks were great. Um, I benefited greatly from that. You know, it helped me formalize a lot of the things that, that I think and, and practice now um, that I hadn't really, um, hadn't really got in, in fully into place just yet at that time. Um, but, but, you know, then it was, it was just the, the, the kind of after hours things where we just sat mm -hmm. around and, and we talked and I mean, man, we talked about anything and everything we talked about, uh, you know, we talked about, um, you know, eschatology, we talked about exclusive psalmody, we talked about, um, you know, political theory, we talked about so many things, and it was so great, um, just to be able to, to hear and learn and contribute to those conversations. And so certainly, there was a, a really great sense of, of brotherhood that was present uh, in, in these, uh, you know, pretty, pretty um, uh, noticeable differences in guys are just like in terms of background and right, um, right. And, and and ability and so so for that reason alone i would i would encourage I, I would throw out the the invite to to any and all kinds of men um who are um you know whether it's a desire to do something hard because you know we were on on the river and um you know uh it's it's, it's a longer float and it's a good float uh, yeah, it's a swifter river, but you know, you still, you still got to do a good bit of work mm -hmm. and, um, and yeah, come and, and come and do hard things and come and, and, um, develop new friendships with other men and, and build in, into, uh, a lasting brotherhood. That's to me, that's been, uh, you know, really just the, the, the wildest thing about Twitter that, you know, or, 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 or Gab or wherever you are is just the, you know, you meet these people online and then you meet them in real life and then you continue that relationship online. And then you just mm -hmm. like you and I, you know, we, we have these yeah. points where we, we reconnect and, and it's like, we, you know, we never missed a beat. It's just, um, and so you, you build relationships with men that you wouldn't otherwise build relationships with. Um, and it's, it's extremely beneficial. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I couldn't encourage guys enough uh, to come to, to be, uh, out, out in the woods, out in the, the, the wilderness and, uh, you know, don't get a cabin, bring That's a right. tent or a hammock. <laughs> I'm going to be in a hammock again this year, man. Last year, you remember it rained super it did, hard. Big time, man. We got blasted. We had a, we got, we got just, uh, just a downpour one night and I was in my hammock and had the rain fly over me and I slept like a baby. Man. It was glorious. <laughs> Well done. Well done. Yeah. yeah. Well, guys, there's the plug. It's a great event and it's just a lot of fun. So reach out. Links will be in the show notes. And then to plug all of Brandon's stuff that he's got going on, I'll have links in the show notes for Reformation Coffee as well and what they got going on and where you can uh, subscribe. And if you come to the intensive, you'll also get some Reformation Coffee because we'll have that there. For churches out there, if you want to switch to get a bulk order, you can get bulk orders from him as well. We've been doing that and enjoying the coffee. So we've been having that now for we, we did have Black Rifle Coffee Company and then we switched about a year ago, I think you guys and so appreciate all you're doing man and thanks for that plug everybody go buy some coffee subscribe and check that out so brandon thanks thanks for coming on the show brother jared thanks for having me man